Hello, Mech Warriors, and welcome to the Mech Bay, where we fix your mech and fix your game. What's going on, Mech Warriors? I'm your host, Josh, and today I've got with me my co-host, Dustin and Denim, back in the hot seats. That's right. I'm back from space. <laughs> and I'm here, too. I'm I'm here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, Dustin, welcome back. You've been off playing games, getting stuff done, taking taking planets. That's right. Sending invasion forces, you know. Leading from the front. That's what you do. Representing the House Merrick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Is there a House Merrick gang sign? Is it just like... I'm I'm working on it. You know, you got the eagle, baby, with the, the you know, the thumbs hooked with the fingers out. And there you go. That's right. Anyways, tonight's episode will be about C3, 5G, and all the ways that ECM becomes relevant. So if you want to talk about sharing targeting data, tonight's the night. But before then, let's do a full coolant flush with some hobby news, hobby progress, and some fan mail. So... All right, we've got some news, and the first big thing, I think, is rumors of the next box set. Yeah, Wendy, rumors from up high. So I actually know nothing about this. You guys will have to fill me in. Probably hit Battletech International or something, but there's a Northwind Highlanders box, question mark? No Somebody, question mark. Not a question a, mark. Yeah, fill me in. I, it, it's that's, that's all we know. Is it... Uh, Wolf Dragoon's box set did super, super well. Why not make more? Northwind yeah. Highlanders seems to be the next one. <laughs> 4K. No los dos. But this is great. No, I, I mean, the fact that we're getting small faction, you know, support is exactly I what I feel like the hobby's been needing. I want a Grey Death Legion box set. Please. Oh Do we need more Shadowhawks, though? Yeah. No, but I want them. <laughs> it hurts because uh, it's true. You know, I love the Vindicator and... It would make sense if there was one in here. I, I didn't sign no NDA, but um, Scroggins, right? Can I talk about the Anthony Scroggins Patreon? Yeah. There's a there's a Vindicator in the works. It would be cool if it hit in this box because I love the Vindicator. I was like, so for our listeners that might not know, so Northwind Highlanders, you know, giant mercenary company, one of the big, I'd say big five, big six. Yeah. You know? So what are they known for? Hmm, I'm going to go with. They're Highlanders. We already got Highlanders. That's not new. I know. So the question is, and of course, that is the twenty nine ninety five question. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. What mechs are going to be in this box set? My money's yeah. on Highlanders. <laughs> just, there, there are other variants. Yeah. Of the yeah, it's three Highlanders and a Vindicator. Um, <laughs> there is that BJ four variant or something like that. In the Dragoons, Wolf's Dragoons, Dragoons yeah. box, right? So there was the SRM version of the Blackjack. I've got it. I haven't painted it yet, but so maybe we'll get some of that stuff, repose, etc. Highlander does use quite a bit of Star League mechs, though. So there's there's actually a lot of things they can do. Yeah. Okay. Right. So are we expecting the one new mech and one alternate kind of configuration with this being the second one i i don't know what to expect i'm not gonna, going to assume just based on the last whoa, one whoa, whoa. once All we get do three rumors once we, we get three i'll start connecting dots all right but probably you know a highlander Pro- <laughs> probably a highlander hey you can never have enough highlanders one of the best 
mechs across all of its sculpts. Just they're all choice. The Andrew, only question old is, ones. there can only be one Highlander in the box, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> copyright. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, yeah, no, that's awesome that we're getting a new box set this early because it hasn't been too long since the last uh, Wolf's Dragoon. So if they're, yeah, if but they it did can so start, well. It did so well. But if they can keep coming out with new, you know, fresh box sets that are just hitting shelves, we'll go out and then keep going. It's excellent. Like, this is great. That's yeah, good. Battletech is healthy. Um, speaking of Battletech being healthy, uh, I think we've had some healthy hobby progress in the last couple of weeks. Dustin, hey. why don't you fill us in on what you've been up to? Yeah, not too much. I painted uh, that Kefir which, that you traded me. I subbed it in for Malik or something in our last game. Uh, I painted up the new crab sculpt. Ooh. The old crab sculpt is also good. All the crabs pinch, pinch. What can I say? Um, and I did some rattle can priming. Um, a little bit of assembly. So a little bit, got a little bit of stuff done, you know, how about you? Me? Uh, I finished up my commissions. Nice. Um, and as always, that's my one for the year because then I realize I actually hate painting <laughs> uh, other people's mechs, even for money. Don't know why. Just not for me. Denim. No, I didn't get any painting done. Oh, uh, I meant shame, to. Yeah, shame. I meant to. I sat down. I got ready to, and life life pounced on me and said, "No." The whole last episode was I, keeping your hobby motivation. You haven't been motivated. Yeah, oh, I have, but but life has been more motivation mo- motivated to stop me. I don't know. Hey, there you go. Yeah, that makes sense. It was bad. I do want to say I worked on improving my lensing technique for the lasers and you know PPCs, and that went really well. Nice. Yeah, that's that's always a struggle because it's like it takes a little bit of work, but honestly, just like pulling up a picture on your phone of like what the lensing is supposed to look like and just like, okay, paint white dot, a little bit of wash. Like that's it. It's not a big deal and it really bumps you up a whole tier in painting. I'm gonna pick up every single mech you you bring and just look down the barrel just so that you know (laughs) that it's been appreciated. But uh once I did try glazing cockpits because i wanted to try a white like blue glass cockpit and i was really trying to figure out how i could do a white cockpit that looked good and a little bit of blue glaze uh did two coats of that over white and then i went back over with a very thin white and kind of like did some uh wet blending on that and it looked great like it even had a little bit of a glow effect so i I think if i'm doing white glass i think i'll go with that Nice. Yeah, like those look so good, but they take so much time and I'm so lazy. What I do, <laughs> when I, I really am. I mean, it's, it First might look nice. It. Yep, mine look nice from, from a couple feet away because I just, as you know, I finish all of my mechs with a, with a matte finish. So they're all kind of flat, except for the cockpit, which I'll make, you know, um, like a gold color. And then I will. I will uh, coat that with a gloss, with a high gloss finish. So it's just naturally shiny. So it reflects natural light, but it doesn't have any painted on because it's it's so much faster and it, it works for my mechs. But, um, you know, does yours look better? Yeah, if you put them side by side, they look way better. But, uh, you know, six feet away, mine look great. <laughs> the problem is, is I hate painting. So I don't want to have to like, regret it in the future when i'm looking at it like well now you're stuck in you have to do them all be good if i'm painting it because yeah gosh (laughs) 
But yeah, so like I said, that, I got that done. Uh, I haven't worked on any of my stuff yet. I will be assembling my five fire sex from home miniatures that I just got. Now that nice. that's over, it's like hobby hobby reward punishment. It's like I can buy new stuff, but I can't assemble it until I finish painting what's already on the painting bench. Uh, I'm familiar with the pipeline. <laughs> the pipeline is true. Yep. No new miniatures. Still got to assemble and paint. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So that's all of our hobby progress. I'd say, you know, pretty good. It's only been a little bit. We can do better, though. Always. All right. Um, We did get some mail, though, coming in from the HPG. And this is uh, Brian of the Western North Carolina Battletech Group. Hello, gents. I'm running a five-man Battletech group here in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, We've created a house rule where the loser of initiative fires all their force before the winner of the initiative. We think this gives initiative value in the shooting phase as declaring fire per the rules adds almost nothing to having the initiative. What our method does is allow the initiative holder to know when to alpha strike with a doomed mech. This also has the advantage of speeding up the game as you go as you just go to rolling, not writing down targets and then rolling. The question is this. Can you think of a reason target declaration adds anything to the benefit the initiative holder? And does that advantage outweigh our reasoning and is it worth bogging down the game? Denim, you're getting ready to explode like a overheated, you know, <laughs> the long and the short of it is yes. The target declaration phase is a very important phase for the balance, the overall balance of the game. Um, should we go into the long answer or just stick with the short answer? Cause, cause I could, I could talk for a little bit about this. <laughs> you could. Let's, let's, let's do the short answer. So like I said, yeah, we, we could, <clears throat> Give us your hot take and then we'll go around the table, right? If you're playing Battletech to play Battletech, not not to, this doesn't count RPG type stuff if you're running Destiny campaigns or Time of War or whatever, where the sides are not supposed to be balanced or it doesn't matter if they're balanced. The, the way your house rule is totally fine for that sort of thing. But if you're playing the game for a pickup game or a tournament, the rules as written are, are actually very important because if you do it your way, it basically gives the winner of initiative like precognitive abilities and they just have too much information and, mm, and it makes yeah. it makes it makes losing initiative cripplingly bad instead of just inconveniently bad. That's that's my take. Yeah, because then the whoever wins the initiative it's the it's the rich get richer and the poor get poorer because then you know okay they fired this much heat now i get to go and i can you know overheat them and you know put flamers on them and they can't balance out or or just knowing you know oh he destroyed this mech i'm obviously going to alpha strike with that mech because heat doesn't matter um or he missed with everything with that mech that frees me up to do to do all this sort of thing uh, I mean, you know every shot that was taken. You know who they were f- focusing fire on. You you know who got hit, who didn't, and and it's just too much extra information, and, and you can just do so much with that. Initiative is very powerful, and oh the, yeah, like you said, the rules as written way, the book way is it's there for a reason, but not to like you said, not to cripple either one. Like winning gives you a. An advantage of, okay, you get one mech for movement purposes, and that's it. Well, here, okay, for, for people who aren't familiar with how it is in the book, when you when you roll for initiative, 
the loser of initiative moves a mech first, then the winner moves mech, then the loser moves a mech, then the winner moves mech. So the winner can always re- react to the movement of the loser. And then when you get to the target like declaration phase, you do the exact same thing. The loser declares, takes a mech and declares what weapon he's going to fire and at which mech he's going to fire. Then the winner does it, then the loser does it, then the winner does it, and they take turns that way. So the winner can react to the targets that the loser is shooting at. If he also knows the outcome of every single shot that the loser takes before he starts to do his first, his first declaration, it's, it's much, much like, I know that, um, that, that Brian was concerned that, uh, the target declaration phase doesn't give the initiative winner enough, enough of an advantage but his way gives them way, way too much advantage, in my opinion. I'll probably split the difference here. In 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 a competitive setting, you gotta the rules are there. You declare your weapons, you declare your targets. Um, but I also, you know, I found that the the long form way the, by the rules can be a little bit long. Very um and Denim, you know, we played each other for the first time. Um and so you can, I'll ask you for your opinion on how I do it. Um, but we definitely definitely declare targets in initiative order. Um, I like to do that. And then I basically say, like, I'm going to take heat this turn or I'm not going to take heat this turn. And I feel like I can be honest with myself. Not everybody can do that. You know, so it, it's up to you and your opponent. Talk about it some. But uh, but yeah, how did you feel about the way I was doing my as, declarations? As stuff? a friendly game, I had no problems with how you did it. If we were playing a tournament and following tournament rules, I, I would have asked you to be very specific about what you were firing just in case because it it does matter it does matter Um, it does make a difference any experienced player who who is playing under under house rules with with very loose target declaration rules is going to just surrender the game after four to five initiative losses in a row (laughs) because they're going to get so much combat debt accrued that they can't dig their way out of and and they'll know it so it, it just becomes it becomes overwhelmingly not fun because of all the piled up disadvantage, you know, just, just stacked on top of each other. That that's one of those things I think, I think is there for a reason, but the more casual the game you've got, the less important it is to which I say, if you're doing an RPG game, yeah, that's one of the first things I throw out when I do my, my mission games, we do not do the target decoration phase just as your mech comes up, you you declare your fire you fire you 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 know uh, of course all damage is still simultaneous but um but but yeah we do not go through the formal target target declaration phase due to time constraints but that's because it's a friendly game where balance isn't as important he's saying that uh he is gming a five man group so from my perspective it does look like that is being done more so like that i think one way you can mitigate this is not have a uh, whole force initiative like if if you're modifying that i think you should modify the initiative as well and what is it the initiative deck is a good way to do that i believe you could do firing declarations and resolutions in initiative order instead of all at once that's that's another way i guess you could kind of because it yeah like Denim was still, saying, if the initiative order, yeah, no, it still totally throws it. I totally agree with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, like Alpha Strikes, especially um, Alpha Strikes should be a gamble. 
Like you should have to weigh the decision yeah. and balance the potential damage output with the increase in heat and guess, you know, is this the time I should do this? And you use it based on your chances of surviving the next 10 seconds of battle. But if you already know that your mech did or didn't survive, you know, that just, it's, it's not, it takes all the drama out. It's not an exciting moment anymore. It's just a, well, of course I'm going to alpha strike because I know that my mech is dead or no, I'm not going to alpha strike because I know that he survived that. Well, if you want your mech to make it another round, be sure to alpha strike because then you'll actually live and you'll be a cooked potato the next turn. <laughs> That's how it always goes. All right. So I don't think that answers it, but I think it's one of those questions that doesn't have a, you know, a solid answer. You know, at the end of the day, do what everybody's happy with. Of that, course. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if your players are happy, you're doing it right. If people are complaining, then that's when you need to communicate, talk with them, find out, find out what's going to work for everyone. Let's do some games played real quick. Uh, I'd, I'd like to announce that that uh, Mr. Denim and Mr. Dustin had their first game of Battletech together. Solo 1v1 in the how many years of playing Battletech? Like three, four, three, three or yeah. four, yeah. something like that. With so, knowing each other, that's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, we've played many games um, amongst other people at the table, um, but yeah, we've never played the mano y mano. So I thought it was a good idea before sitting in on the C three episode to actually use it. So we played a game. <laughs> did anyone bring a griffin? And did someone? <laughs> we talk. I did bring a griffin, but uh, <laughs> but no, we did not. We did not go into the griffin v. Wasp. We talked oh, about it. There was discussion about it. about it. We'll do it. We'll do it on the on me, on Mega Mech on the, the yeah Mech on, the, on the Discord server, Mega Mech channel, and we'll record it. I'll yeah. play the uh, the Captain Kirk versus the Gorn music in the background. Yeah. <laughs> That'll work. But yeah, we had a we had, we had a good game. Uh, we didn't get to tidy it up, and really, there was no decisive swing to the battle just yet. I think we only got five or six turns in. I think we both have our opinions. Yeah, how definitely. The was going. Yeah. But yeah, I had a good game and got now I've got some some things, some thoughts and some thoughts moving forward on C3. So that's the important part is we is, you know, I, I have used C3 a lot before. I've never used C3i. You haven't had any experience with C3 at all. So it was important to, to have that match. And you I think you were saying you didn't have any experience with C3 in the BV2 era, right? Well, that, that's also true. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. I've only played C3 in BV1 era. When it was different. Yeah, I, yeah. But I I don't know how, like without comparing them side by side, without going out and pulling out my old custom mechs, <laughs> the BV1 to BV2 stuff actually matters in, in the overall discussion. All right, so we've got some extra news that's, you know, hot off the HPG press. Um, something dear and near to your heart more so than mine, Mr. Denim. What's that? Well, I mean... Uh, if you mean they're they're reprinting the Interstellar Operations uh, book, that is true. They did Interstellar Operations. They broke it up just like they did with the Tactical Operations. So it's now two books. Um, you have the Alternate Eras, which covers the you know our favorite LAMs. Um, it covers super heavy mechs. It covers uh, quad Vs, tripods, all those fun things. Don't forget uh, drones. drones. And, uh, correct and drones. Yep, those are in there too. And then the other book is Battle Force, just Battle Force. They have uh, revamped the rules. They've cleaned up a lot of it. Um, Battle Force is back. 
And uh, I believe they are also going to be putting out um, new maps and counters on the Catalyst store site. I know that they had them at Adepticon this past weekend. Wow. Yeah. And they look great. So I'm looking forward to picking up um, a set of those just to play around with. I've never, I've never I, played Battle Force. I was like, but I wanted to show me the, the the ten the ten people and all of BattleTech that have done an entire game of Battle Force. Like, I have, oh. I have read the rules. Uh, I just never found a person to play with. So, oh. um, reading through these though, because of course I picked up the books. I mean, that's just who I am. Reading through these, the the rules are are cleaner and a little bit easier to follow. Um, and this is this is like one step deeper than even Alpha Strike because Alpha Strike is still using units. You can just use a lot more units. Battle Force compresses like a lance is now one token. Yeah. So so one little piece is a whole lance, and and you're dealing with with company and or battalion and like regimental size battles. I'm trying to think. Alpha Strike would be what? What specific battle would Alpha Strike be if Battle Force was like how you do Tukiid? Oh man, I um, know. Misery, Misery is Alpha Strike. Tukiid okay. is yeah, yeah. That's, okay, I'll let's say go that. that. Yeah, Misery is Alpha Strike. Tukiid itself is Battle Force, and Solaris is classic Battle Tech. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I I've been wanting to. S- to you know break it down the level and that that's probably the closest i could do now i probably will pick up the interstellar operations one just because it has rules for you know all of my all of my new stuff aka revenants aries super heavies you know now if if you've got the original interstellar book you know you're not going to be getting a lot of new stuff it's just cleaned up and and there are some changes there's a lot of errata um but but the books look great and they're new prints. So, you know, I'm all about that. So now we just have to wait for that errata for the, uh, the new ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> It'll probably take a while. <laughs> In Battletech time, that's nothing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, anything else hit? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. Um, nope. Just Adepticon was, was this past weekend. Yeah. So we'll get to talk about all of that next time. Yep. I don't think we saw anything brand spanking new that, you know, report home with, though. No, that was just that that the interstellar operations uh, tokens um, and books were were basically the only new new thing I saw happening at Adepticon. There were a couple uh, nice Battletech matches with the uh, the the Mega Mets, the the big huge f- f- four by six. Maps. The, the old BFM, which I can't remember yeah. what they renamed it to. No, no, they they it was the old um, uh, Mega Mat Battle Mat and Mega Mat. Yeah. I think it was Mega Mat, but that was taken up. Okay. And it turned into the BFM. Oh, okay. So I got BFM it. is what they're calling it now. <laughs> oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, we got our uh, Battletech calendar. We've got two events coming up. We have the Solaris 7 Grand Melee on April 2nd in St. Louis, Missouri. And we have Operation Galahad on April 9th. And that is in Clive, Iowa. So if you are nearby those places check those out for some hot battle mech action all right let's take a quick break and take a listen to what's going in on the battle mech markets fortress miniatures and games now has the clan evasion salvage boxes these could possibly contain any of the clan or intersphere mechs from the kickstarter and if you order nine you can get a display box as well if available so mech warrior 
If you're feeling lucky, throw one or more into your order to see what you'll be writing into the circle of equals. And as a preview for our next episode, Ares Games and Miniatures has gotten the full set of paints from the Army Painter. They've got the Speed Paint Singles and Sets, War Paint Air Singles and Sets, and the Metallic Paint Singles and Sets. It's time to make sure your mech looks like a true commander's display piece instead of the cadet's pile of gray. Hi, Billy Mays here to talk to you about C3. Have you ever struggled with obtaining firing solutions on the field? Just can't seem to ever get in range? Well, now with new C3 computers, up to four mechs can all share targeting data. Everyone's always at short range. One mech in short range, now everyone's in short range. But wait, there's more. Act now and I'll throw in a box of our brand new tag, absolutely free. That's right, you get four mechs worth of free targeting data and a free tag designator for absolutely free. Warning, this product weighs one ton. Installation avoids warranty. Certain frequencies known to the Ministry of Cannabis to cause cancer, diarrhea, and even death. Device known to stop function in presence of microwaves, guardian ECN, and HVG networks. All right, and we are back. Sometimes hitting targets is hard when your eyes ain't what they used to be and that hand tremor starts acting up. But luckily, the Dragon and Holy Blake have provided a new targeting computer to aid in hitting those clanners at range. So you better start aligning those command couches with tinfoil or that 5G will start seeping in because today we are talking about C3. Oh yeah. My enthusiasm is limited after playing with it, but we'll get to oh. that. <laughs> oh no, no, no. This was when when this came out, this is this was like the golden bullet. This was the answer to all of our problems. I think everyone thinks that for every release of anything, but <laughs> that's just me looking downwards. So you're saying this was like the inner spheres answer to just clan superiority? 100 percent Yeah. Okay. I mean, in universe, that is why C3 exists. So let, let, let's oh, okay. go over what C3 is. Like, what is C3? How does it work? Yeah, cover the rules basics real quick. C3 is a computer system that links up to 12 mechs together in a communication network that shares targeting information, which means basically all the mechs in your lance or company, if you've got enough computers, share the shortest range of the mech that's closest to a target. So you've got your speedy little locust who who is running flat out and he gets within four hexes of that Timberwolf. Everybody who's in range of the Timberwolf is firing as if they were four hexes away. So it eliminates all the range modifiers. And it's theoretically amazing. What about your like minimum and maximum ranges? So I, I you said in range. If you're firing that inner sphere PPC and you're and you're 19 or 20 hexes away, you can't you can't hit it because it's it's out of range of your weapon. But if you're okay. at 18, you're firing as if you were in short range. So it makes it easier to hit. It's not a magical range extender. True, and and likewise LRMs. Just because the closest mech is four away doesn't mean that that you're within minimum range because your actual range is still what your actual range is. Right. You're just using the, the range modifier of the closest mech. And on the flip side, if I'm firing my LRMs and I'm actually, you know, five hexes away, I'm still picking up my minimum range modifiers? Yes, because that's okay. your actual range. All right. With my understanding of C3 in the mechanical rules interaction way and not how C3 networks link up with each other, that's that's pretty much it. It sounds complicated, but it's not. It's not. Okay. And then C3i, I mean, it's basically the same thing, but there's no matter. Oh, yeah. So with C3, <laughs> there, there's You're a- forgetting the Achilles yeah, heel of the yeah. C3 system. <laughs> so C- C3 has a master computer and slave computers. The master is five tons and takes up five crit spaces. 
and the slaves are each are one ton and one crit space each. And one master can control up to three other computers. Three other not slaves. Necessar- not necessarily oh. slaves because that is a lance. A master and three slaves is a lance. Okay. But you can start adding on to that. You can have one mech take two masters and then you can have the configuration split up so that it controls 12 mechs. So they're all tied in. Those diagram, there's there's actually four legal configurations, and they are all on page 111 of the Battle Mech Manual. So they're in the book. Using the Battle Mech Manual. Here I am with Total Warfare on page 132. 132 of both. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's go with that one too. I think it's on the diagram. You can even have a mech with two masters control like six slaves, right? Well, each master controls three. Yes. Right. Okay. I know you want to say it, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the alt the alternate name for for the uh, for so, the C3 computer system. Yeah. The joke the joke that I've always had is because you can't like you can't reassign what is the master and the slave mid game. You have to designate that at the beginning. That I'm like, yeah. this is a consensual monogamous relationship. <laughs> These aren't masters and slaves. These are doms and subs. <laughs> Bound by contracts. Yep. They, uh, you know, this is, this is a total legal thing. <laughs> the subs get jealous. The doms have, you know, what is it? Confidence issues. Like you can't yeah. just go flip switching when you're yeah. at, the, at the battlefield. No, you've got your role. Um, it's, it's set at the beginning. It can't be, uh, can't be changed. Correct. C3i does not have masters or slaves. It just has the C3i computer, which can link up to six. Because Six of, total, right? Five other five because other of Comstar. It's for your level two, yeah. C three I also is everyone's connected to everyone because it's just a giant cell phone that's been duct taped to the side of your mech. <laughs> uh, I think the only difference is that um, in C three, if the master goes dead for any reason, the entire network shuts down. Whereas C three I, each each computer is individually linked to each other computer. So if you lose one, it's not going to affect anything. Yeah. And in C3, the master can also function as a tag. So you don't have to add an additional tag. So, yay. Yeah, the C3i does not function as a tag. Now, the interesting thing for me, normally in Battletech, if something is just objectively better, I guess you don't get the tag, but hear me out. If something is objectively better than something else, typically there's a cost to pay for that in battle value. I didn't see any interactions with the rules that the you know the C3i is much more flexible, in my opinion. And you don't pay any extra BV for it. It's just better? Question mark. Seems better to me, but it's just better. But it doesn't come on as many mechs. It's in a later tech era. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there, there's that. But you don't. Know, the BV cost is this. You're still paying that five percent times the number of mechs. We'll get to that. We'll get to the math part later. Yeah, I, I guess it's just you know because it was it was designated as Comstar, the availability on stock mechs might be more limited. Yeah, but if you're creating your own your own lance, just because you have four doesn't mean that you can't use the C3i. It goes up to six, but it works with four just fine. And two down to two, up to six. True. Yeah, and regular C3 works that way too. Not up to six. You you know what I'm saying? Down to yeah. two. You can have a master and slave. Just a regular old sub relationship. What is the weight of a of a C3i? Uh, I don't know. Oh my goodness. So C3 slave is one ton, one crit. The master is five and five, right? And the C3i is two and a half tons and two crits per There you go. Unit. So that's where I was wrong. It's heavier. It, it takes heavier. up more crit spots. 
in the in the mech building phase, it's not superior in every way, but in the the gameplay, whatever. Yeah. So uh, to recap all of that mess of a verbal you. you know diarrhea. Uh, <laughs> The whole point of using C3 is to use the shortest minimum range that you can see. Absolutely. Line of sight does count. Woods do count. Like all the normal targeting things count. It's just purely a range bonus and tag. Yeah. To use the data, the mechs sharing the telemetry, the master and the slave don't have, or the C3I people, they don't have to have line of sight for it to work. But yes, if you're firing at a target, all the normal line of sight modifiers do apply. Correct. Yes. Correct. Josh. I'm like, let's just break this down to like a 30 second sound bit. C3, yeah. range and tag only. Yeah. I have never used C3. I was always kind of like in my plane of the entirety of all the eras. I was like, C3, I can't do this math <laughs> on like my calculator at work when I'm looking at BVs because it would have to be, I would have to know the entirety of the Lance or level two that I want to uh-huh. do first. And then I have to back do the math and that just never seemed fun to me so and your lunch break is short (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah obviously there there are two ways around this one of them is to talk to dustin's wife (laughs) and the other one is to use mega mech because you can set up the network there and it does all the bv calculations for you right so i guess we'll we'll cover this now is that okay since we're talking about it i was just gonna say so that's one of the that's the in real life disadvantage of c3 what are some of the other in-game disadvantages of c3 Uh, there's just one (laughs) it's just it's an incredibly easy incredibly easily hard countered by ecm which is on a lot of mechs (laughs) unfortunately sad Basically, ECM just is the hard counter. It, it If the master is covered in a C3 bubble, the entire network shuts down. If the line of sight passes through the bubble of an ECM, mm-hmm. which is a six hex bubble, so that's 13 hexes across, it's which huge. is a big bubble, 13 hexes across. If the uh, the line of sight goes through there, anything that goes through there is cut off from the, from the network. Yep. I, I never understood how ECM in the middle, if you had two I mean, mechs, two mechs on the side of a football field and ECM, you have one ECM in the middle that's not touching either mech. Well, ECM, <sighs> if you think like it's just an angry radio frequency scrambler screaming, yeah. you know, radiation in all directions, right? So that's, I guess that's why. So your uh, little yes. laser going through it gets diffracted by all the, the, the space. It's magic, Josh. It's magic. I know. I know. <laughs> I know magic. it's magic. I don't like it. Because Blake said so. <laughs> Blake, Blake invented a ECM first and he said that was good. And then he was like, all right, y'all motherfuckers need C3 now. But any, that- <laughs> yeah, any, any C3 on C3 battle, the whole... Most of the battle is just who can shoot down the other person's ECM first. Or master. Right. Yeah. But we didn't even get to that part because in our game, it was just, it was, I think you executed C3 protocols once in the first turn of the game. And then yeah. it was just us bouncing It was ECM. just too much ECM. And, and yep. there were only three mechs with ECM out there, but that was enough to, that was more to shut down the entire network for both sides. So that's a huge drawback and you're paying a good hefty tax for that. And, you know, I can tell you what that tax is right here, right now with math. Um, Also, Josh, I agree with you. This was why I didn't use C3 until this week is because the math was, I didn't want to do that math, but through algebra, I had an understanding that it was possible 
to arrive at what we're used to, which is like, this is the number of BV I can play with. And through my wife, who actually knows how to use math, we, we, we arrived at an equations. Are you prepared? Yes. Target BV. So this is what I would consider what I have my money that I'm building my lance with. You're going to have less than your game BV. So you have your target BV and your game BV. If your game BV is 7,500, you know that you're going to have less for your C3 lance, right? Yeah. So this is the equation. It is target BV equals game BV over your modifier. And your modifier is 1.1 for two linked mechs, 1.15 for three linked mechs, 1.2 for four linked mechs, 1.25 for five, and 1.3 for six. I feel like that's so complicated rather than just like take, uh, what's it? Isn't it just like 5, 10, 15, 20%? Yes, you could also do that. So you have 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, and 30% for 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, respectively. And that's it. That's all you got to do. And that will give you your, so if you got, you you know, we could do it right now. You got 7,500 divided by 1.2. I have 6,250 battle value to make a four mech linked network and that's it at 7500 we, we tested this with uh comparing his numbers to to uh mega mech and they were pretty much spot on mega so. mech rounds at a different place than i was so your discrepancy might be like one to three battle value but it's close yeah. enough one to three points if at the at the most extreme ranges hey that's yes. a that's a loaded las pistol in the cockpit or yes. not <laughs> that's <laughs> That's right. So if if you want to get into the weeds, Mega Mech rounds before we're not going to get in the weeds. Let's move right. on. No, but yeah. So like I said, after looking through it, it's just if you take for every mech, subtract five percent from your total, you know, target BV. But anyways, it's math, and like yeah, said, math the, is still hard. And math is still hard when when you get down to it. If somebody brings ECM, you just lost your thirty percent tax. For me, I brought six mechs. I paid 30% for those. I paid for the whole C3 and I did not get to use it. So that is true. I may rely too much on Megamech, but it's a free product that does all the math for me. So there you go. Now, all right. So ECM is a hard, hard counter. And we're going to be talking mostly about how C3 works with like tournament rules, uh, Total Warfare, Battle Mech Manual. Right. Be aware though, in the Tactical (laughs) Operations Advanced Rules, there are electronic countermeasure rules, which does allow you to counter the enemy's ECM so that your network works again. That's Be right. prepared for the game to slow down a lot. I but, heard you like counters, so we put counters inside of your counters to counter your counters. Then you get ECM, ECCM, ECCCM, etc. ad nauseum. So as someone who might be used to playing, you know, MechWare Online, where you can turn your ECM to normal or counter mode, is regular counter mode in Total Warfare? Nope. Okay. So there is no legal way to counter ECM in Total Warfare. Not in the Battle Mech Manual. Certainly not. Yeah, no, no. I'm I'm just saying. So something we're somewhat used to is not actually a legal tournament rule. Correct. You can't counter the counter. That's rough. That's rough. <laughs> it adds math. It adds a lot of, of like looking at, you're looking at the overlapping fields of, of hexes and, uh, and then you're like, which uh, one's counter? How many ECMs versus how many no. ECMs? And it does slow it down, but it is like they, there are rules for that. 
you, just you know, be prepared. And uh, I guess to kind of move into the tactics, right? Like if you're playing a, a C3 game, you're in the later eras. Every I feel like everybody's going to be bringing token ECM, right? So that makes this a um, an MMO rule, right? Uh, Mega Mac only. Let the, let the computer do all the ECM, ECCM, ECCCM uh, calculations. I would like to think that Intersphere, the Intersphere's answer to the entirety of the clan warfare is not so difficult that it needs to be ran on a simulation software program. <laughs> but I also know that it is not, you know, plug and play. So do we think in tabletop terms that C3 is the biggest answer to clan warfare? It was until I found out that lots of clan light mechs have ECM. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's it's honestly almost every fast unit has an ECM that during the clan invasion, you're kind of like, why do you have ECM? That's why. We could say ECM shuts down C3 hard counter. Uh, therefore, C3 is is totally worthless. But for the sake of this podcast, let's assume that um, that not every enemy force has ECM. So let, let's discuss C3 as if it will actually be useful on the battlefield. Yeah, like it'll work. As someone who's been exposed to Battletech, you've probably heard C3 in passing somewhere, somehow. What are some common misconceptions that most players have about C3, besides it's expensive BV-wise and it gets shut down ECM-wise? Uh, I mean, our first misconception was that it is it is cheating. It is like a game winner for the Inner Sphere. If you're going against Clan, it's it's the thing to take so that you can insta-win. And you found that's not true. Well, yeah. <laughs> Okay. No I, no, I just want to establish misconceptions here. Yeah. Jerry Springer pulled out his piece of paper and he said that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my biggest ones are, is that it forces the sniper game. And I like looking at it, playing around with it on Mega Mac, I'm like, that no. is also a lie. <laughs> yeah. I would Jerry Springer wise. <laughs> yeah. So I was tempted to do the whole sniper thing with the C3, but I trusted my intuition or my prior knowledge. And I was like, nah, I'm still going to go with, maybe I'll bump 0.5 snipers up to one sniper, which I yeah. did do. Cause you had, you had a Lancelot sniping with your yes ultra AC fives. And I had my battle master standing back with two ER larges and an ER PBC. So we, we had our token sniper mechs, but I think most of our guys were really mixing it up really hard. Now the scrum was where it was at, but the this- scrum was there because of the ECM. It was right. there to try to take out each other's ECM. Mm-hmm. So let's do that. Let's do that C3 tactics talk now that we've been kind of itching for, which is the main focus of this episode. Yeah. So if you haven't used C3, here's our uh, our advice on how to use it. Exactly. If you're going to use it and you know that you're going to be able to use it and use it effectively, how how is the best way to do that? Well, we'll start off with with snipers. Don't overdo it on snipers. Have your sniper mechs. But don't focus your entire lance on on sniper specific. Yeah. Yesterday you'd said something, Dustin, about going heavy with skirmishers. So uh, yeah. what, what are your opinions now about about C three and skirmishers? I, after playing the game, skirmishing and is good, but brawling is maybe more where it's at. Mm, caveman Josh happy. Yeah, there's gonna be you know there's gonna be a scrum. In our game, it was to to lock down the the C three network. The scrum was there. I had some invested more in skirmishers who ended up 
<clears throat> just in the scrum and the skirmisher doesn't excel at brawling. A brawler does. So I had like one brawler and he wasn't very maneuverable. And the next list I make, I would be bringing more things like that Phoenix Hawk you had. Right. I had the Phoenix Hawk and I had that Grand Dragon with the, the three ER mediums on one arm and the PPC on the other. Yeah. It was it was nice. And the yeah. armor all over the place. Yeah, lots of lots of rear armor, lots of armor. And and then keep your sniper safe, which it should be anyways, for when whoever succeeds in locking down the C three network wins, you know, that yep. you can you can press that advantage. Because then everything fires at that one mech and it just disappears. Yeah. Like the the crab at the very beginning, I got one shot off at your crab where everyone was at like short range and more shots hit that turn than any other turn. Oh, absolutely. I had the ECM I had two fast, really fast mechs. One of them had the ECM you know, I was using C3I, so obviously they both had C3. And I thought that my fast guys, and I knew ahead of time that if, you, if you're getting the fast guys in close, they're going to die. So I knew that they weren't, that they were going to kind of be at the, the fringes. But I put the ECM on the fast guys and that was helpful. I would do, I think I would continue to put the ECM on a very maneuverable light mech that can get a high TMM. So the, so the ECM can be where I wanted it when I needed it to be. One of your fastest mechs, I like legged very early. And if he had the ECM, then then that would have been it. It would have been different. Yeah, that's for sure. Don't put your ECM cruise missile with no armor, but hypermobility. Because if it dies, then, you know, that's the all eggs in the basket kind of thing. Yeah, Like you want want your ECM in in a mech that can take some damage. The one who's going to be in the middle of the scrum, because, you know, that's a 13 hex bubble wherever he is that ECM just doesn't work. So they can't use ECM against, I mean, they can't use C3 against him and, and he's right in everybody's face. So your your fast brawler, that's, that's yeah. where ECM should be. Yeah. You know, if I were to, if I were to do it all over again, I'd probably just have, you know, X number of brawlers plus one sniper, yep. like for real. <laughs> yep. That's what I was going for. All brawlers, one sniper. So I, yeah. I mean, that's, that was the thought I arrived at. Brawl range becomes all range with C3. If it's working, then you can brawl long range. If it's not working, you're still ready to brawl, and hopefully you can take out the ECM. So then you can go back to brawling at all range. That's right. Always be brawling. Always Yes. ABB. As a person who has played a lot of Battletech, if you're designing a C3 network, especially at the company level where one mech is going to have to have two masters, uh-huh. which is five or 10 tons, 10 spaces. Do any mechs mount? Yes. Yes. Okay. There, there are a couple command mechs that, that mount uh, two masters. To get your um, company. Yep. Okay. But there are actually more vehicles that mount two masters than ah. mechs. It is a good idea to use the cheaper vehicles um, there's some hovercraft that have two masters, so they're they're very mobile. They can they can keep moving around, but you keep them defended in the back because the master uh-huh. doesn't have to be within any. The only range the masters have to be on is they have to be on the playable map. They can't be off map. They got to be in the game. That's the range. Other than that, the range is however big map you've got. While it doesn't have a BV, Mega Mech does have the C3 command bunker with three masters. <laughs> there you go. There is that too. There are ways around like to, to lower your BV and get and get uh, you know more BV on your on your brawler and sniper mechs. Yeah. Uh, especially like I said, if you're doing if you're doing company um, company sized C three networks, you know, put those masters in a vehicle. That's my advice. It it's actually it works out super well. 
I didn't even know that was possible. Fun fact, Dustin. Did you know the Aries super heavy? The Aphrodite <laughs> variant has two masters. I did not. <laughs> that's that's I t- take it back. I want that as my uh, company <laughs> command. I mean, that one makes sense because, well, you put all sniperish things on it, and mm-hmm. yep. now it doesn't need to possibly get destroyed in Brawl. What's the next tactic we can talk over? So we've said, essentially realize, you know, put two masters on a command vehicle, mm-hmm. bring a fast mech, but not a only fast ECM mech or only yeah. fast C3 slave yep. mech. You want you something that... Yeah, I was gonna say if you do that, make sure it's a fast mech that has a long jump range, and that way you don't even have to worry about it firing. Like, don't worry about its gunnery. Ha- have a you know a seven or a nine jump range Ooh. and good piloting, because then it can be where it needs to be to get to get the close. You know, you jump it into heavy woods as long as it can see a mech at three or four hexes, then everybody has a range of three or four hexes. So it's not the jumper, it's the the spotter. But it has to have enough armor to survive those lucky eleven and twelve hits, as Dustin found out. Yep. Everything's coming up a scout. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yes, a scout seems to be designed for that. Yeah. It was just too early, you know, limited by the technology of its time. <laughs> limited by the fact that there was no C three network at that time. Yes. I did um, I did seriously consider, okay, is this is technology that might make some mechs that just didn't seem like they had a purpose in introductory levels work. While it does like shoot up the V the BV, most of them are mobile and you know, while they aren't putting out the damage, they're lacing or you know, they're targeting the mechs for damage. They're normally maneuverable, either so maneuverable that the armor doesn't really matter, but also they still, you know, still can get somewhere. So the Oscout only like one of the Oscout versions only had tag, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, the tag is one ton, one crit. So is a C three slave. So you swap that out, and and now he's actually useful. Just a little swip swap. Um, tactics wise, if you guys didn't get the message, bring ECM. Or if you're using ECCM rules, bring more ECM than you think the <laughs> opponent will have. <laughs> also, that electronics warfare is where it's at. Uh, tactics wise, I don't know if I have much else to say, especially without enough, you know, more, more experience. That has always been the problem with running C3 games is one ECM just shuts it down. So what's the point? Yeah. The the reward is great, but the risk is so much greater. So much greater. Yeah. Uh, Well, here's, here's one thing. Okay. So if you're running company sized and you've got something like arrow four and you put the master in like the brawly guy with all the armor because tag isn't affected by by ecm mm. so he can tag the the ecm mechs on the other side and have you know a couple <laughs> a couple arrow four missiles pounding into it and then once that's dead then you can uh, just clean up with the rest it's it's it sounds to me like it would be better to just put tag in, in a slave mech too yeah it's but. just it's just a lot of c3i mechs actually have tag for that reason yes but also they don't get the benefit from it in, innately, so they have to slap the tag in to get the yeah. tag. But yeah. basically, C three C three fights just just come down to who's got the ECM and who can take out the enemy's ECM first. Yeah. Like that, that's the win condition. So after you know playing and talking, what are our thoughts on running a hybrid lance, a lance that is some C three and some that is only Ooh. you know hunter killer to either kill the ECM or to you know run interference and start dictating that engagement range? Uh, well, my first list I made before 
uh, I decided to use C3i so we could both use, you know, a version of C3. I had this because I had enough battle value. I brought a supported lance. So I had my C3 network with the master. I had regular C3, master, and three slaves. And I had my hunter-killer buddies. There were two skirmishers with the, you know, more on the firepower side. And when I was theory theory crafting, I knew that you're going to want to take out either the ECM or the master. So I was like, yeah, I need that hunter-killer, you know, group. Denim probably actually has experience with that. Like I said, if we're going to go to custom designed lances, um, Dan, uh, the, the infamous Dan, has a chameleon, a 50-ton chameleon that jump, that goes a 7-11-7, and it's got eight medium lasers, and it pretty much just jumps behind mechs and, and eliminates them in one turn. So not too many, <laughs> not too many mechs that are running around with ECM can handle seven or eight medium lasers in the back. Um, I thought... I, so I guess it's a very effective hunter killer mech. So you could throw that. And I guess my, my, my thought with the hunter killer mechs is that you, you don't have to pay that 10, 20, 30% tax on those guys. You get, you get all the BV with those guys. Right. Like he doesn't even have to be part of the network. He just kills all the ECM on the other side. Right. So you get all the, all the effectiveness without the, the tax. You could lock down their ECM mech or their, you know, go kill the master head hunt, the, the, the network master. So we talked about C3 vehicles. What I wanted to kind of talk about is that would be something where you have one master that is a vehicle and stays behind. And then you have two slave, you know, either LRM carriers, slave to that, and then just a single (laughs) mech. No, no, I mean, you encountered the, I want to say, the most common difficulty in running C3, which is everything gets ECM'd out because, well, you have a giant... It's not a uh, like a line of C three. It's a it's a horizontal. It's a blob of C three because everyone's trying to fight there. But if you have a dedicated backfield that's dedicated to just receiving the one slave call, essentially, then you have a easier time ignoring the enemy's ECM. I see. So you're you're saying you could you could have the one dedicated um, mech or whatever the the slave fight outside of that bubble position and maneuver to lock it down a straggler and then rain LRM power on exactly. Them. Yeah. But once again, ECM 13 hexes wide. It's, it's tough. It's tough. I would say, I will say that in our game and I had two mechs with ECM, it's not impossible. I'll just say that it's not impossible. You can it's get not. somebody. And if I, if I had a more commanding understanding of how to use C3, I feel like in the future I could use it to do the best thing in Battletech, which is to deliver more difficult decisions to my opponent. I'm just thinking about the the Raven with the the ECM pods on his Narc Launcher. Uh-huh. He's already got ECM, uh, but then he shoots portable ECM at all the enemies. Oh my God, that's in the rules? Jesus. Yeah, the ECM pods. We covered on, on the, uh, that's true. The, the, the ammo episode. Dustin, you were here for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a successful attack, treat the target as if within an ECM field hostile to it. Ta-da. Uh, and then he goes off to the next one. Yeah, so he's so, got ECM and he marks all the other mechs with ECM. It's it's so easy to like just dream an armchair general about the perfect C3 situation, but uh, it's just, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. But that, that would, like I said, that would be my takeaway is don't, don't feel like you have to have the entirety of your force connected to a C3 because right. well, if you're putting all your eggs in one basket, it's easier to drop it. Put one or two mechs, like essentially have a battle buddy system. Like 
yeah, that works better for C3i when you're just sharing the two and a half tons per magnum, mm-hmm. not a, a five ton and one ton. It, it's the same, but then you don't have a, an obvious, you know, disadvantage. Yeah, right. In a, in a perfect in a perfect scenario, it would be a company of Intersphere versus a star of, of Clanbex with no ECM. And it's just, can 12 Intersphere mechs take out, you know, one at a time, just, just focus fire on, on individual clan mechs um, fast enough to, to keep from getting totally obliterated. Mr. Fox would say yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. He would. Uh, and that's like when, when you do it that way, it's very, very effective. We've talked about how C3 and IC3, but we haven't talked about boosted C3. So let's touch on that real quick. Uh, boosted, you have to, it can only be countered by like an angel ECM, right? Yes, only the angel ECM can interfere with its signal. So if you're super duper worried about ECM, And you should be. <laughs> which, that is a six ton, six criticals, three mil, so three mil C bill piece of equipment. Probably worth it. Yeah. <laughs> but it is it is a ton heavier. Like the the master is six tons six crits. But you know what's you know what's worth, heavier than that? Worth it. Losing twenty percent of your BV to ECM. <laughs> That's what's heavier than that. So you know what I this C three boosted was not a thing back back in my day. So I I bet they added it in there just just because there is a lot of uh, ECM, but not a lot of angel ECM mm-hmm. to lighten up those fields. So, so I could actually use my C three. This is this is great. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, let's get let's give the honest opinions. Did you like using C three? Okay, honest opinion. I love the idea of using C three. I have built so many lances, and honestly, I am a little bit excited again reading over this C three boosted system. Uh, I may start making a few more lances. I was just. Uh, frustrated. I was frustrated with with how easily ECM countered it. So, if this if this is an answer, I I don't mind the twenty percent boost in BV. I love the idea of C three networks. I love it. Yeah, I was actually surprised when I went to the Southern Assault Tournament. I know it's Alpha Strike, but that I had debated on running C three for that. But I was also like, okay, I don't know how common that is. I don't know if people are per particularly planning to use ECM to shut it down. I've I've never encountered a C a full C3 army, you know, in the wild. So I think it's one of those things that people always like plan to shut down, but nobody like it's the big boogeyman that's walking around, essentially. I'm nodding, but you can't hear I that. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's always uh, been the boogeyman. But I think just now kind of realizing that it's out there. It has its usefulness, and like now that we're kind of doing the bird's eye view, I could always do half and half, half C three, half not C three, rather than a twenty percent BV sink at ten percent. Like that's more manageable. Like if those, if one of those isn't isn't in the brawl, then you know, move his skill up. Hey, this person is only good for electronic warfare. They don't need to be the best pilot or the best gunner. There are ways to kind of game it. Uh, Dustin, did you like C3 now that you finally got to use it? Man, you know, I say I'll try anything twice, but no. (laughs) (laughs) I I would like to get another game in, but I probably will leave it be. I I would do another game just to try the boosted, um, but not if the other player was going to specifically grab a bunch of (laughs) angel, Angel which is where, which is where that goes, you know? Yep. 
I countered your counter. Definitely something that I will use that I have and will use quite often in my RPG sessions. Probably find some way to add it into the missions series that that uh, that I run. But as far as like pickup games or or a tournament, nah. uh, I, th- I think ECM or not ECM. I think C three just equals a lot of bad feelings, especially with how easily it's countered by ECM. Um, and that's not what we want. We don't want people being frustrated and angry because all their toys are broken. The whole point of the game is to have fun and if nobody's yeah. having fun then, then nobody's having fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's not pe- make people angry. This, this, the whole C3 thing seems to be an RPG element more so than a, than a tournament rules type of thing. You guys play Battletech to have fun? (laughs) Some Um, of us do. My next question is, do you think C3 is more effective against Intersphere? Intersphere against Intersphere? Or Intersphere against Clan? Because Clan doesn't have any C3. They just have a few ECM options. I think it was designed for Intersphere versus Clan. And I I think by the nature of how many ECM mechs are out there it's too easily accidentally countered when you're playing against intersphere so i i think it functions better when it's intersphere versus clan especially if clan are trying to to keep some honor rules yeah. to begin with yeah okay let's see how many do we have a year let's see like 30 50 30 55 ish 30 55 how many clan ecms are there there are not actually that many. 25? Oh, wow. That's way less than I thought. 30? How yeah. many Intersphere are there? Only one full drop down. So, yeah. So it looks like about 22. 22 mechs that have ECM in 3055 for clan. That's not bad. No, no. I, I And it's an equal weight distribution. Like you said, we've got the Dasher, which is probably the most common, commonly known one. Miss Links, the other... ECM. Yeah, those yeah. are the ones that I'm like, when I think of clean ECM mechs, those are the ones that pop in my head. Yeah. Now, I, do any of those have Angel? Angel is is twice as heavy. Angel's um, later tech. Is yeah. It? It's okay. like Dark Age stuff, I okay. think. Okay. All right. Well, or even better. Word of Blake or something like well, that. Well, then when, when, does, when does C3 boosted come out? Is that also Dark Age? Oh, God. 70s, yeah. 70s and 80s. So, okay. it's, so it's, yeah. it's about the same time, yeah. Yep. But anyways, so yeah, so there's only about 20, 20 ish, you know, mechs that are ECM. And I'd say the big ones to watch out for are the Dasher, the Mistlinks, the uh what is it, the Viper. So the answer to that is precision ammo to to help <laughs> negate some of their TMM movement modifiers. Yeah. And then you destroy them and you can go back to to using your using your C3 net network. That is another thing that I would have changed about my list is like, man, I needed that that pulse laser boat to to smack the fast ECM mech down. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Um I needed to pay the BV for that and just get it in there. Minus two is minus two. I was gonna have a mech with like four light uh AC fives and have precision ammo in there, but then then I had decided to go with a full Karita Lance. So no uh I mean always no automatic for that. But now now I have to do an ECM. How many are there for Intersphere? Let's in 3055 about the same about 20 what i'd say 25 30 and most of those are light boys 
I guess just everybody used them because why not? I, I think we're more. I think the fear of it is just so great. Like, I, I, yeah, think, there's, I think there's our raid. Yeah. Okay, so like so. So yeah, it's just it only takes one. Like you've got your you've got your entire network that you spent all this time and before Megamech, all this math working out like how how you know how much your lance costs and to have it out on the table and immediately nullified is such a bad feeling that you realize it's so easy to just bring an ECM that it doesn't matter if there's only twenty because that you know you could just bring one and and it's broken. So just to kind of reiterate and get the answer, so you think C3 is better against clans if you can I just do. kill those few light mechs. Yeah, because there's fewer mechs, so there's fewer ECMs to worry about. Yeah. You can you can focus fire those down and have a chance to still have enough firepower to take out the rest of the star. Yeah. I mean, what clan, you know, mech warrior star commander is running as a dire wolf with the ECM into the middle of the battlefield to shut off your C3? I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a smoke jaguar thing to do. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I mean, if that is your C3, then that's your C3. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So anyone have any other thoughts on C3 before we go into a uh, Lance and review? No, just, you know, it, it's broken, especially in the non-boosted, I, I feel is broken. But it's one of those systems that I have a fondness for. and I And I would like it to be a better system. Do you think I would like to use it when you say broken though, broken in the sense of it's too easily countered and it yes. should have like, okay, if ECM goes in there, you get this, but you don't get this. Like, right. Like, so, so ECM should, should cause it to be less effective, but not zero effective or, or then even a, then it's a feel bad or even, you know, you have to get, like the ECM on on a mech to cut it off, not just line of sight through the bubble. Yeah, I like that. Like That's that would be an compliment. easy one. That would be a really easy one. It has to actually be touching the e- the, the C three computer to shut it off, not just not just break the connection if the line of sight goes through the the thirteen hex bu- bubble. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The uh, what is it? Laser light beaming information. Yes. You have to physically block the line of communication. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, okay. What about you, Dustin? Um, See, Dustin's first experience was horrible, so he does, wants nothing to do with it forever. Yeah, I mostly fine. don't like it, like I said. Um, I'll try it again, and then if I don't like it again, I'll just leave it in the in the bin. I'm going to start be start making a couple lists and lances, and I'll be running C3. But the big question that I have is, is C3 something that you should always let your opponent know you're taking just because of how advantageous it can be? Like in a tournament? No. Setting, it, would, you, would you allow that in, in like one of, your, one of your 5K tournaments? Would I allow C3? Would, would you allow someone to bring a C3 lance and not tell, you know, not tell anybody he's playing against? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, okay. that, that's it's in the rules, the baby. Drop. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's in the battle mech manual. <laughs> okay, see that's that's cool because you know, then then you start having to think about well, I have to take a mech with ECM, so that starts you know a lot of the that that was one of my thoughts at the tournament. I was like, okay, I I don't know how prevalent C three is outside of my local meta. 
I need to take at least one ECM mech. That was my Tiburon. That's fast enough to run in and jam anything that gets close. Cool. I'm pretty sure I had one with ECM for the Alpha Strike tournament. I, I think we were both of the same mind of, yeah, we don't, we haven't seen it. We don't know if we'll see it, but it terrifies me that it could be there. Yeah. One ECM mech, one flak mech, you know, cool. having a good all rounder, but yeah. Um, anything else? Nope. No. Ready to get this no. over with. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked it over. All right. So you two played a C3 game, but then you forced me to make the C3 <laughs> list. So I want our listeners to know that the bullet point on the notes says Josh's C3 Lance, even though he hates C3. So you I say I, I hate him. C3. It's more I've hated. It's the I needed the push to make a yeah. C3 Lance. Oh. Because now that so you've much, had it. As the Comstar player, I knew I would have to get in there eventually. And once <laughs> I got in there, I won't be able to come back out. It's my destiny. Exactly. So I'm there now, everyone. You made a list. I made a list. And the question is, I'll give I'll let Dustin and pick. Do we want the full C3 list or the hybrid list? I pick hybrid. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested in your hybrid idea. I, I, I hadn't even thought about that. So that's your idea. Let's let's see. Uh, let's see how well it holds up. All right. So first, I have a Man of War, aka the Gargoyle Prime. Dustin's like, how how could you? This is. I don't even have to look. Fifteen thirty-seven. <laughs> My next one is a Thug thirteen K. That I think I brought the thirteen K. Really. Yeah, two medium pulse improved. Yeah, the three heavy PPCs. It's a, it's a that's a hot pepperoni. I liked it. I like. Um, yeah, what can I say? I like the thirteen K. What's I mean, not to like about heavy PPCs? And that one has C three I. So yeah, heat. And I have that connected to a battle cobra, the Intersphere battle cobra, I should say. Right, leftovers from two K. The Comstar two OB. And that one is four MRM tens. So the possibilities <laughs> of big money, big damage. Endless. It does not. Does that have Apollo on this it? This is one of the original ones, so no Apollo yet. And to round it out, because you know what? If you're making a hybrid C through I list, and my theme was, okay, let's take all Kickstarter mechs and what's the one other Kickstarter thing that fits here? Oh, let's take an elemental headhunter, some uh what I'm considering elemental suits that you know got stripped out, all the good stuff taken out, just have machine guns and auto rifles. Just machine guns. Yeah. Okay, so they have the Mexico machine gun and the auto rifle or whatever. Yep. Nice. Yeah. So those can either ride on the Battle Cobra or the Man of War. Yeah. Yeah. So the only things that are connected in the C3I network are the Thug and the Battle Cobra. The other two, yeah. the Man of War is as Dustin has well. No, no, no. I'm going to let Dustin answer why I have a man of war in this list. Because uh, it weighs 80 tons and you can kick people <laughs> with a 580 uh, assault mech. Um, LBX5s are great. Cluster munitions, golden BB, SRMs for brawling. It's a, it's a brawler. It's got, it's got mobility. It, is, it can it kick. Is, it is the all-rounder can be at any range and hit any yeah. target it needs to on the battlefield. And it's cheap. <sighs> How well armored? Battle Cobra how well armored is the Battle Cobra? Uh, I mean, it's a forty tonner. I, he's got one hundred twenty five points of armor. He has that's probably seventeen in the max. CT. So 
he he can only fit about ten more armor. All right, so seventeen. Uh, okay. Um, I assume he's going to be the the close one because you've got him and the thug, um, connected together. It's like who who's the one who's supposed to be getting Both. in close and who's the one who's supposed to be staying far away. This is a Josh list. They all brawl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Zero snipers. <laughs> But I mean, um, the thug has minimum ranges on those heavy PPCs. Yes. So um, my thought was I run the thug on one side and the battle cobra on the other side. Ah, and whoever is further away and whoever gets needs it from the thug, whoever needs the target can take the target. Yeah. Battle cobra is fast enough. It's not super armored, okay. but it's five, eight. So it's mobile enough that it can, you know, get some hard flanks. If it needs to, it can get a, like the thug's not scared of getting close. That that is a heavily armored beast. Yeah. So, Probably Battle Cobra like. can provide MRM support for the thug, and the thug can provide right. heavy PC support to the Battle Cobra. Battle Cobra. Oh. Which which one of these? Sorry, which one of these has ECM? So yeah, I have the Phoenix Oct two, cool. and yeah. that is providing the ECM. It's fast. It can be anywhere. It's six nine six. If there is an enemy C3 or anything that's coming in the way that possibly could get, you know, anti-C3, it can jump in, put it where it needs to be. Nice. So that is my list. Like I said, a Gargoyle Prime, a Thug 13K, a Battle Cobra 2C, Elementals, and a Phoenix Hawk 2. So it's a hybrid list. Like I said, it kind of it kind of works as two separate lists that are on the same battlefield. What are your thoughts on actually using that in the field, though? Uh, interesting. Like, I I had never thought of splitting up uh, C3, where only some mechs in a lance had it and some didn't. That, that's that got some interesting little wheels spinning in my head now. Yeah. You know, I would, I'd like to see how it uh, does on the table. I, I can't have any strong opinions because I don't have enough experience with any of the, you know, the C3 stuff, but... Yeah, the hybrid list is something I I would want to try. Um, I don't. Looks... I can never think of anyone using a hybrid list, so I'm a little proud on coming to that conclusion on my own. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I like the oh, I yeah. like the overlapping fields of fire with the thug and the battle cobra yeah, too. It's kind of yeah. cute. Yep. The other battle cobra you can use is the two large pulse lasers. So you could you could technically pick: Do you want you know pulsy goodness or chance of forty MRMs at, yeah. know, <laughs> at any range? Wherever the thug is, MRM's coming. Yeah, up to 15, but fired as... Because, you know, the, the MRMs are a plus one to hit anyway. So, you know, minus four plus one is a, is a minus three to hit at 15 hexes. Yeah. And I dare yeah. any mech to jump in <laughs> to a four MRM tens and say, yeah, I'm a cancel your ECM. I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. It's just 40 MRMs fire. 7 uh uh chameleon with eight medium lasers jumping into his oh, rear arc sure any day does he does this battle cobra flip its arms with its MRMs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so like i said th- this episode wasn't meant to be like the super c3 deep dive because c3 on its own is not like a super interesting thing it's almost like talking about mask or you know targeting computers it, it's not something that completely revolutionary revolutionizes the game except in the fact of hey you have to now account for electronic warfare as its own big thing yep yeah i mean it's a it's a thought exercise for for sure and uh it added something new to the game i just think it's too easily countered but it's a good idea 
More data. <laughs> as long as you can kill the ECM mech, C3 is overpowered. If you can't kill the ECM it's mech, yeah. it's <laughs> s- brokenly bad. It's garbage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all or nothing. All or oh. nothing. So if you're gambling mech warrior, take C3. That's right. I will, I will, I'm going to put this somewhere else, but always C3, Master Slave, or C3I if you can. Like, Ooh, C3I. Is the advantage that big? It really is. Like, like the, the C3 with the Master Computer, it, that's, a, that's a really big Achilles heel uh, on the system itself. And the C3I does not suffer from that. I don't think the lack of of the master using tag is a big deal is a big enough deal to say, Oh no, we definitely need that. I'd say the only real disadvantage aside from, you know, the C3I being twice as heavy as a slave is that you can only connect six mechs with the C3I and you can go up to a network of 12 with the, with the master slave mm-hmm. scenario uh, setups. But if you run hybrid, then the numbers don't matter. That's right. If you run hybrid, the numbers don't matter. If you're running hybrid, there's no reason to take a master slave. You always do C3. Unless there's yeah. variants that you want. That that we are all limited by what variant no, factory refits. Oh. You 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 rip the you rip that stuff out. I want my black knight. Yeah. That was one mech that I was actually very surprised to not have a C3 because I felt like that yeah. one would benefit because it is a all range, you know, yeah. it can be a sniper or it can be a brawler. And I thought Rather than put a shield on it or a targeting computer, no, let's put a C three on it and let it do everything. I'm always pretty happy to let to let my players use refits um, unless they're doing like tournament type yeah. stuff. Tournament refits can be way way overpowered, but um, yeah, for things like that, I'm I'm always happy to discuss refits to you know for, for the table. I thought that might be one reason why I haven't used C three. Is none of my favorite mechs have a dedicated c3 variant that so is there anything you would change about my list i know we haven't really but no i like your list i'd, I'd like to to see it yeah. just, you just think the the fact that i'm not running a full c3 lance is just it it, it takes it's all the, yeah different. it takes all the advantages of a c3 kind of away and takes most of the disadvantages yeah i'm, I'm curious to see how that would work against a full c3 you know, how fast can I take that Phoenix Hawk out? And then, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm probably going to take that and run it through Mega Mech a few times. It's almost my lightest mech and almost my heaviest don't have C3. <laughs> my two, mi- yeah. it's my middle weight that is the C3 dependent. But yeah, C3 is just weird. Like, it is. It's odd. I don't know. Let, let me get, let me get Catalyst on the line and say, Rec Guide needs, you know, C3 software update. If all of my dead fire missiles can get a C3 up or a, a targeting update, why can't C3? Yes. Cause like I said, you guys are coming in like after it's already been, been looked at and analyzed and, and nitpicked all over the place. When it first came out, like nobody was thinking how powerful C3 or how powerful ECM was. And it was, like it was a hot topic because it did seem super overpowered. Like there was no reason not to take C3 until that first guy came in with the ECM. And you're like, well, darn. 
think that's it for tonight. Uh, I think we'll be on next week. We might have some more guests on to talk about painting your battle mechs. Uh, I will say, uh, I'm going to have this in, but uh, I want to see your guys, your listeners' lances. We've been talking about our lances in review, but send us emails with your lances and what you think of it. Don't don't be restricted, Ooh. you know, error wise. We'll we'll talk about it all. If you're posting on the Discord, that's cool. We love talking about it there. But if you want us to talk about it on the episode, send us the email of it. Yeah. So uh, we've talked about C three and C three I tonight. I want to hear what the listeners C three and C three I you know lances Perfect. that they've been running successfully have been. It, send us an email. I, I want to talk about it. Send us the whole list. We'll review it. We'll deep dive it. We might put it on the table, run it, run it against it. See if we can break it. So, but uh, until then, uh, who wants to send us home? I got one written. Oh, yeah. You go, Dustin. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. Check us out on Facebook at the Mech Bay Podcast. Join us on the Discord for daily Battletech-related serotonin. Send us your questions and comments at themechbaypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to our supporters. With your help, we can afford our ever-rising insurance premiums. We should really fix the gantry in Bay 3. That's the second Aztec this week. It's expensive. We got to pay the families off, too. It's rough.